What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese. We're coming back to you with another great episode of Talking Football. Um, not much going on in the NFL. Still plenty of football to talk about for you guys. Treese, how you been doing, man? Doing well, man. It was a solid weekend. I know that you had a good guys weekend. You had an awesome little video of you hitting a golf ball out of a beer can, which is fantastic. So I know you had a good weekend. Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool. I had never done that before. Melo had showed me showed me the trick, and it's a lot harder to do than you think. Like I really had to kind of get down on my knees, like face level with the can, to make sure the tee was in there good enough, and then for the ball to balance because a tee sticking in aluminum is not the easy thing to do. But once I hit that ball, you can hear me in the video say that is the straightest blinking shot I've ever had. And it was true. Like I, the ball just went right down the middle of the fairway and it took me a little bit to kind of realize like I still have to chug a beer after this because I was just admiring my shot and mellows down the fairway because it just was that perfect. But yeah, good weekend. Great weekend. It was nice to kind of get away and go back to the old stomping grounds and show those guys kind of what it was all about. Mello had, you know, they've all been there before, but it was a good time for sure. What'd you do this weekend, dude? Just the usual. Went golfing, went up to a place called Park City in Utah up in the mountains and did a little festival there and then just hung out with the family. I know I've been talking a lot of smack on Utah, just saying like, oh, there's, there's nothing there in all the mountains. But those mountains are beautiful. Like the picture that you and your friends posted of them doing their chug after you nominated them. Wow. I mean, I was a little jealous and I honestly cannot wait to go out there and golf because I'm going to hit a ball over them, their mountains. Damn straight you are. I mean, we're only a couple months away from me getting you out here, so it'll be a good time. I'm excited. Uh, definitely know I'm going to be spending a lot of money. Dude, part Utah, of it, I guess. Utah's cheap, man. Utah's not an expensive place. Well, you keep bringing up Vegas, and that's not. I mean, <laughs> it's it, yeah, you're right. It's it's not. <laughs> but... But we have a place to stay already, so like that'll save us a whole bunch of money. I'm not too worried about it. I'll just put it on the credit card and wait to pay it till the tax return comes in. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, see, that's what I do. I use my Amex, pile up the miles, and then I go on another vacation. Because, <laughs> you know, debt is awesome. <laughs> you gotta love it because uh, you can't get away from it, so you might as well just have it. Let's go ahead and get into the heart of our episode and the heart of what we have become, and that's the tree civia. We have still yet to have a song created or music produced for it. So once more, if anyone's out there listening, knows how to do that, please put your creative mind to work and then share it with us because we would love to have it on the show. It would be awesome and just kind of help get us a little bit more pumped up for Trisivia, more than we already are. But what do you have for me today, man? All right. And I believe the number is at least 60 starts in the NFL for a quarterback. Who has the best winning percentage when the opponent scores 21 plus plus points? Tom Brady. All right. Okay. Who has second? Because you're right. Is <laughs> that really it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Those for you listening, the look on Tree's face was just total defeat. Just shit. Okay. <laughs> second. Uh, I'm going to be like Big Ben. No, he is not on this list. Drew Brees. He is also not on this list. Wow. Aaron Rodgers. He is number four on the list. What? Matthew Stafford. Not on the list. So, 60 starts. Once the opposing team scores 21 points, they still win. Correct. I'll tell you, number two is a Hall of Famer. Number three is a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, that helps out a lot. Who's not uh, playing anymore? Philip Rivers. No, so neither of these two are playing anymore. Oh, they're not playing anymore. Okay. Brett Favre. So Brett Favre is number six on the list. So I did John the top six. John Elway. He's number five on the list. Joe Montana. He's number two on the list. Good job. So you <laughs> just don't have number three. And remember, he's not playing anymore, but he's a future Hall of Famer. How long ago did he retire? I mean, so if, I think he's a future. I guess that doesn't... He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. What quarterbacks have been have retired recently? 
I don't know, one of the best of all time. Probably. I'm going to feel like an idiot once you, you t- So I'm, that's why I'm not going to say it right now, because I want you to just get this so you don't feel like an idiot. Did he play in the AFC or NFC? AFC. What in the world? So if he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, that means he's retired in the last four or five years, right? Yes. Played in the F- AFC. He has multiple Super Bowls with different teams. May or may not be very, very popular. Was what the, in was the, the world? Was the host of the ESPYs. I believe it's nationwide is on your side. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Eli Manning. No, I'm just kidding. Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, Peyton Manning, correct. He wow. Though I didn't think you would guess Tom Brady first, but that's disappointing for me. What do you think his winning percentage is? I want to say like 69%. A real nice number there. It is a real nice number, but you're you're way too high. So he's going to be like 35%? Well, it's not, it's, you just went from one extreme to another. Come on now. Well, you said really high, so it I decided really to high. split it in half. 52. 55. Wow. Him, him and Joe Montana, who's at 500 exactly, at 32 and 32. Those are the two right now that I have with the, at least a 500 record when an opponent scores at least 21 points. Dang, that is crazy. I, I do feel awful that I forgot Peyton Manning. I want to kind of give myself some slack here because it's not I want to it's not that I want to say a lot of people have kind of forgotten about him, but I just don't feel like he gets talked about enough as missing from the league. You know what I mean? Like I like I don't see enough of oh the league's so different since Peyton Manning left because it was just his last year or two was not the Peyton Manning we were used to, but he won a Super Bowl his last year due to yeah, the defense. For sure, absolutely. But that's that one. All right, I got one he, more. What an idiot! Uh, okay, one more for you. Which running back in the NFL has the most consecutive 100-plus yard rushing games? Ladanian Tomlinson. He is actually tied for fourth. Barry Sanders. Correct. How many did he have in a row? Seven. Higher. Nine. Higher, because nine was it is what Ladanian Tomlinson's record was. Oh, so 11. Higher. What in the world? He had 11 straight games over 11? More than that, actually. 13? Higher. 16? Lower. It's 14. Wow. He had 14 in a row in 1997. Number two, Chris Johnson in 09 had 12 in a row. And this is over 100 yards rushing. Correct. Where's Emmett Smith on that list? He did not make the list. I went to, I just, I did the top like four numbers. So I'll just give you the list that I have Barry Sanders at 14, Chris Johnson at 12, Marcus Allen at 12, and then all of these guys were at nine Ladanian Tomlinson, Larry Johnson, Deuce McAllister, Walter Payton, and my boy, my favorite player, Fred Taylor. And then we have, Adrian Peterson and DeMarco Murray, both at eight. That is absolutely ridiculous. Crazy, right? Like 14 in a row for Barry Sanders. That's insane. That's an entire season. Yeah, it's crazy. And then 09, Chris Johnson, that had to have been the year that he went for 2K. Yeah, 2009. His longest one was 91 yards and he averaged 125 yards a game. I think that's the season he had like 230 against the Jags. MJD had like 170 that game. There was like there was like 500 and something rushing yards in that game. So he the 14 rushing touchdowns, or he had 14 touchdowns, and 12 of them were rushing. Crazy. Wow. And he had 500 yards receiving. So he had like almost 2,600 yards. Like twenty five fifty or something like that. That is ridiculous. It really is. Wow, I'm 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 really impressed. That was a good trivia right there. Thank you, thank you. I thought that was a good one. So speaking of impressive, Michael Thomas reports are coming out that he is going to be offered a contract in the range of twenty two million dollars a year for a wide receiver. 
the current largest contract, if I'm not mistaken, is for Odell. Did Antonio Brown go over Odell's? No, I think that Odell still averages the most per year. And that's I what, 17, 18? Yeah, I think it's around 18. He's getting an extra $4 million a year. Dude, what do you do with that much money? I literally couldn't even imagine. Whatever you want. But this is the thing. This is why, I mean, I think that people, the younger players are starting to want to play football again. But this is why some players are going to retire at age like 28 moving forward. Because they get their rookie deal, make some good money, then get their massive deal. And then when that's over, call it quits. Yeah, like leave the game healthy. Yeah. Maybe break some records, work your ass off six, seven years. Maybe eight, because if you're coming in at 21, 22, leaving at 28, 29, adios, dude. Yeah, adios. I'm going to take all my millions and millions of dollars. And whatever's guaranteed, because that's going up even more. And when the NFLPA meets again here, is it this offseason? Yeah, yeah, the next upcoming offseason. That's going to change things a lot, too, on the guaranteed aspect of money. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Unreal. But definitely, we wanted to talk about that. Because I also wonder how this changes the last tree stevia we did for the most expensive offense in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it did change it, but I'd have to go and look. I mean, but again, that, that one that I came up with, that I didn't come up with that. I just saw it on Twitter. So I didn't do the research on it. Oh, don't cut yourself short. You had to be on Twitter to find it. That's some type of research, right? Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of wide receiver contracts. A guy that's most likely not going to be getting paid now this offseason because of some off-field issues, Tyreek Hill, is set to meet with the NFL Wednesday. That's in two days from us. That's one day for you guys listening uh, since this comes out on Tuesdays. I really do want to know what is going on in these conversations. He's going to have a lawyer, an attorney, whatever is going to be with him in the meetings, of course. He's not going to go by himself. But do you think like this is a long, drawn-out meeting on them just like interrogating him or do you think it's just kind of like hey this is what we have in mind like what do you think do you think there's any negotiating any negotiation on like a plea suspension or do you think it's more just like a sit down first opportunity to kind of talk to him and figure out what happened what happens in these meetings do you have any idea at all because i do not i don't have any idea what goes on in the meetings but my speculation is Roger Goodell is going to sit down and go, hey, remember what happened to Zeke Elliott two years ago when he fought it and he like wasn't practicing because we just kept suspending him over and over and over and then he fought it and then he ended up losing and he had to sit out anyways? Do you want to go through with that or do you want to just take this four-game suspension? Your choice. That's what's going to happen in my eyes. And honestly, if it's four games, just roll with it. Just take the four games and go. The beginning of the schedule is going to be tough anyways. Don't risk getting hurt. Allow the younger guys to come in. McCole Hardman, allow him to get you know used to the offense. Brian Pringle's having a great offseason so far. I would like to see him get some serious reps. He came out with a video the other day. That dude is so much quicker than I thought. That's a name to keep an eye out for. I'm telling you this right now and everyone listening. Brian Pringle, wide receiver out of Kansas State, got hurt last offseason in the last preseason game. He was tearing it up. Hurt his hamstring or something. Missed the entire year. But he's been looking great so far. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. Tyreek Hill sitting out. that Those first four games allows that offense to kind of get in sync in different aspects. And then he can kind of come in, take his two, three games to get accustomed to everything and be ready to roll. And the Chiefs are you know, heading into a tough December schedule that they have set for them. As a Chiefs fan, I would take the four games and go. Personally, I just hope everything is okay and nothing was lied about and just made sly so he can come back into the NFL. What, what's your thoughts on this, Trace? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And yes, everyone that's yelling at me right now, I understand that Zeke was suspended six games. I understand that. And the reason I'm saying four games is because it's Roger Goodell and he's the most inconsistent person ever when it comes to suspending people. And so that's why I think that four is the number that and also because someone like Adam Schefter also tweeted it. So I'm going to trust Adam Schefter. He said four games? Yeah, I think he said. I, I don't know if it was him or somebody. Somewhere that I read, it was a very credible source, said that four games is the number he's hearing. Okay. And again, I'm fine with that. It'd be really cool if it was only two. 
come in against the I think the Ra- they play Ravens week three. I think that would be you know a good time to kind of just slide on in there and beat their non quarterback that they have there. Um, but you know that is what it is. Yeah, you hate on. to. Sorry, sorry for cutting you off there. You'd hate to start out one and one and two in the first three weeks. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, they're winning the first game. What else are you talking about? <laughs> it would <laughs> suck to go W loss loss. You know, you'd hate to see that. You would hate to see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving into the heart of our episode today, the running back bracket. We've already done quarterback. Russell Wilson is the talking football number one ranked quarterback in the NFL. We've done wide receiver. Julio Jones was the winner there. And now we are heading into the running backs. We have already built the bracket. We have already done the tiers. We did that last episode. So if you missed it, go back and listen so you understand the rankings. And if you disagree, dude, put us on blast. I mean, we don't care. Like, let's have a conversation. Let's talk it out because I like to hear other people's thoughts. I don't like to just think I'm a Mr. Know-it-all. I've said Hassan Whiteside would belong on a top five starting roster in a draft. And totally, I, I screwed myself. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And speaking of that, it was so disrespectful that none of you guys took Jalen Ramsey as your DB. We said that afterwards. Okay, good. We were as talking we're... about it. Did you hear? Did you listen to it? I didn't because I was okay. sleeping or something. I don't know. Yeah. Matt mentioned his name, and I just raised my arms up like, oh, like, damn it. Like, he's the perfect one. Yeah. And so I, I already deleted the text, but I was going to send it to you. Like, I just built my own because of it. I think I can remember it. I had, and I know he's not the best. I know. But, like, when I think of monsters, I just think of, like, athletic freaks, right? Yeah. So, like, I had Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Saquon Barkley at running back. Julio Jones at wide receiver. D-line, I went with Aaron Donald. Linebacker, I went with I went with Luke Keekley at linebacker. And then DB, I went with Jalen Ramsey. Nice. See, we went a little meaner. Like, my team <clears throat> was all trouble. Like, you look at my team. Yours was awesome. I, I was proud of it, that's for sure. But uh, back on topic here, our talking football running back bracket. I will start us off here. Uh, Therese, I want to hear your thoughts. Number one, the number one ranked running back that we have on the bracket, Saquon Barkley versus the number 32 ranked running back, Ronald Jones. Do we have a true underdog Cinderella story in the first round of this bracket. We could go to New York City and chop off one of Saquon's giant quads and put him in a football uniform and go play in the NFL, and he would still be better than Ronald Jones. The end. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So that's all I got. Uh, Sorry, but yeah, we're not having an upset. Number one's moving on. All right, got I'll it. give you one now. How about Aaron Jones versus Adrian Peterson? If I was going over experience, I would definitely take AD, Adrian Peterson, all day, baby. But Aaron Jones just shot out of a cannon last year and became the guy that the Packers didn't know they needed. Yes, they knew they needed a running back, but I don't think they realized what they had there. And once he came in and played... He just did what needed to be done. And I think he's going to grow from that. So that's why I have Jones moving on. I 100% agree with you. I love Aaron Jones. And now the next one, number nine, Johnson versus number 24, Mark Ingram. I always like to give you shit about David Johnson because you just think that he's been in the league for a thousand years. David Johnson, in reality, has really only had one monster year. His rookie year, he started playing like week like 10 or 11 after Chris Johnson got hurt. The next season is when he almost had 2,000 all-purpose yards, or he did have 2,000 purpose yards. The next year, broke his wrist. Last year was very good for the offense that he got dealt. Like overall, he was good, but not one of the elite five, which is why we have him at number nine. As you said, Mark Ingram is Mr. Good. He is just good. (laughs) <laughs> and I think he's going to be, I think he's going to put up some big numbers in the offense that he's in this year. But David Johnson is going to put up even more numbers in his new offense. So I'm going to go with David Johnson here. I completely agree with that. That was stellar. I'm glad to finally see you join my side on the bandwagon of Mr. David Johnson. 
even though he's only been in the league under four years. Under four. <laughs> All right. How about Le'Veon Bell versus Josh Jacobs, the number one running back taken in this year's draft? I think I expressed my opinions and thoughts and newfound love for Le'Veon Bell. You know, the love that I finally just admitted to. Uh, I kept pushing it down. I didn't want to accept it. And then I realized, man, you just you just have to. Like, how can you not? And maybe I don't want to hear him rap. But other than that, I love watching him play football. So I'm going Le'Veon Bell here. The experience is there. The playmaking ability is there. Um, I would like to see what Jacobs can do in that Raiders offense moving forward with Derek Carr and the receivers that they have there with Antonio Brown. Um, it's going to be a good season. They're a young team. Uh, there's a lot of young playmakers. It's just seeing how well they pick up his system and this team and their fit in this team moving forward. But right now, Le'Veon Bell is moving on. And I will take us right into the next one. Alvin Kamara versus Kenyon Drake. I feel like I know the answer, but let's hear what it is. Yeah, the number four seed is moving on in Alvin Kamara. He's he's amazing. It He is taken the NFL by storm in a sense, man. Like what he's done is unbelievable as a third round pick the last, the last couple years. And now he gets to be the guy alone. Like how he was the first three weeks, four weeks last year while Ingram was suspended. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was the best running back in the NFL the first month of the season, hands down. And now he gets to be the entire season that way. So Alvin Kamara, no doubt about it. I will go on to the next one. And that is number 13, Leonard Fournette, versus number 20, Derrick Henry. If only the entire season was played in December for Mr. Henry. But guess what? It's not. I kind of want to take Henry just because he has been able to play an entire season. I know this is Fournette's third year, so I can't knock him that much. But he does show a lot of potential. He's a lot faster than I honestly realized he was. And he is a big back who is welcoming hits. Um, it's something you love to see. And I think moving forward, he's going to be a guy that kind of just comes into his own and shows why he was drafted in the top five. So absolutely taking Fournette here moving forward. Next for you, Sony Michelle versus Marlon Mack. I feel like this is going to be a lot tougher than some people realize. Maybe not for you. Tell me what you have. It is really tough, and I had a hard time putting Mac at number twenty-one. He, he, I think he's a lot better than this. And but like, I just you, you hear all these names, and you're just like, shit. Like maybe I should have had him at twenty, not twenty-one. Maybe he's better than Henry, but whatever. It's close enough. But I think Sony Michelle is unbelievable. He's really, really good, and I'm gonna keep no upsets going here. And I'm gonna say Sony Michelle wins this one in a close one. I can't disagree with you. It's a smart decision. It's also just due to the fact that he's probably in a better system for running backs right now when Marlon Mack was also playing with Hines. So that is what it is. I just wanted to put my two cents in there, but I completely agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. I will tell you the next one. How about number five, Todd Gurley, versus number 28, the San Francisco running back court? I think I'm going to take the guy who actually has a name listed here and not just a team running back because we don't know who theirs is going to be this offseason. So Todd Gurley, you really just wish he would stay healthy for an entire season. Just phenomenal, dude. He's a freaking nature. I played him in, against him in Madden the other day, and I got pissed off, and then I couldn't get pissed off because like, I've seen him do this in real life. So it's, that aspect was realistic. So Gurley's moving on. It yeah. looks like you have something you want to say. Yeah, sorry. I just realized our last three matchups have been division oh wait no mac and michelle are not never mind i was thinking <laughs> but it's because the colts and the patriots are just rivals like just because of the brady manning thing and brady luck like it just like made me think oh shit these are all division rivals and then i'm like wait no the colts aren't in the afc east so never mind everybody <laughs> hey you tried and uh, that's not getting edited out <laughs> it shouldn't it absolutely should not all right so since I was just up, I'll lead you into this next one. We'll go back to the top of the bracket on the opposite side. And this is Zeke versus Miller. 
Lamar Miller out of Houston, two Texas boys. Tough decision here to make. Who are you super, going? Super tough to think that uh, who I think is the number one running back not to move on from the first round. So super tough, everybody. You guys are probably getting bored that we're just doing a cookie cutter here, but Zeke is moving on here. We have Dalvin Cook versus Chris Carson next. I'm taking Cook. What that guy did coming out his rookie year and then to face that injury was really hard for me to see just due to the fact on how well he just fit in that offense. Honestly, he fit in there a lot better than I anticipated him to. And then coming back this last season, he was able to put up similar numbers. Of course, it wasn't for the whole season, but he was able to kind of show that same production. Just to make a long story short, I'm taking Cook. Moving on. We're going to keep going down the bracket here. Phillip Lindsay versus Freeman, the Denver running back, Atlanta running back. Are you going after potential or are you going after proven talent? In the words of Austin Cunningham, we have an upset to everybody. <laughs> that was horrible, I know, but I'm going to stick with it. I got Devontae Freeman here. You and I disagreed on where we thought Phil Lindsay should be, and I thought he was too high, and this is exactly why, because I think a guy that's... who we So we have Lindsay at the number 10 seed and Freeman at 23, and I don't see a big difference between the two. And so I'm going to go with Devontae Freeman, who, yeah... Yes, he hasn't been healthy the last two years, but he basically sat out all of last year to make sure he was healthy this year. And I think that in the offense that they're going to be running there and without Coleman there, he's going to be the guy and he's going to be putting up the numbers that he has been. So Devontae Freeman's moving on for me. Let's move on to the next one, which is Melvin Gordon versus Miles Sanders. I will be taking experience over potential here. I do think Miles Sanders has a phenomenal year in Philadelphia. I think it takes him a couple games with Howard being there, um, the newly acquired running back from Chicago. Gordon has already shown what he's capable of doing. I believe he's earned his mother's own respect so she can buy his football jersey. I'm taking him over Sanders. You have a flipping easy one right here, and I'm just going to give it to you. McCaffrey versus McCoy. Are you taking biceps over the shadiness? You tell me. Ooh, I like what you did there. That is nice. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey, the number three seed over the 30 seed. A little disappointing, or maybe not disappointing is the wrong word. Not so surprising or surprising, but the other day we were like, man, we might get some heat for saying that McCoy's one of the worst starting running backs in the NFL. But now on Twitter, I see people doing their rankings, and almost everybody has McCoy at like, 28 or lower so maybe it's just a consensus thought at this point (laughs) yeah like maybe we know what we're talking about like that's that's crazy that's just wow shocking right we will move on to the next one which is number 14 nick chubb versus number 19 carry on johnson and also everybody i do want to point out because some people probably were wondering yes during our tier, we think we forgot to talk about Carrion Johnson and Aaron Jones. Our bad. We've skipped over those two team names and uh, didn't put them in the tiers. So we did the t- those two in the tiers right before this podcast started. We sure did. Nick Chubb, Carrion Johnson. I'm going with yo Chubb. I think uh, he's got a lot of potential there. Carrion Johnson seemed to be the guy for Detroit. But Chubb looks like he just absolutely took over that job in Cleveland. And they just happened to be able to land Kareem Hunt. I still think he earns that starting role even after Hunt comes back. And Carrion Johnson, I want to see another year of it to be proven that he can be the guy there. And, you know, the same could be said for Chubb. But I just have a gut feeling that he's going to be a very prominent running back moving forward. Heading into our next ranking here, James Conner, Mr. First Names, versus Damian Williams, the Chiefs, New running back who is now their leading playoff scorer in franchise history. Trees, who you taking? It's an unbelievable stat, first off. And second off, that's all he does is score touchdowns. And I just don't think he's as good as a running back as James Conner. Conner James doesn't matter. Let's just have him move on. 
How about we go with the last matchup of the first round? And we have number six, Joe Mixon, versus number 27, David Montgomery. We said it last episode, Joe Mixon is not getting the credit he deserves. He's not getting talked about enough. We all know why. So I'm just going to take it off from there. Joe Mixon's moving on. I haven't seen anything from Montgomery yet. Duh, he's a rookie. But he will play very well in that Chicago offense. And I think he's going to be a guy that maybe comes out and does what we're saying Miles Sanders is going to do because he's going to be one of the top running backs, if not the top running back on that team, because they're going to take Kareem Cohen and they're going to play him in more of that Tyreek Hill role on just kind of being a, a distraction. And then just when you think it is a distraction, boom, it's no longer distraction. It's a freaking run off the outside on a sweep, and he's freaking gone. Not Montgomery. He's going to run it right up the middle and bust your ass, and he's going to bounce off of it and get some more yards. I'm going to stop being silly here. Taking Joe Mixon. Moving on. We are now into the second round of the bracket. We have Saquon versus Aaron Jones. Treese, where are you at with it? This one's honestly tough for me because I love Aaron Jones and what he can do. And I think that if he just got more opportunity, we would be talking about Aaron Jones as that top 10 running back. But the problem is, is we wouldn't be talking about him as the top two or three running back like we are Saquon Barkley. Just like round one, I'm going to take the quads and they're going to just be moving on to that elite eight. So Saquon Barkley, there we go. Round two, we have number nine, David Johnson versus number eight, Le'Veon Bell. Have fun with that one, bud. That is a tough one. Le'Veon Bell has shown the ability to just stop and go. We've seen how ridiculous it is. David Johnson's only been in the league three years, four years. He's been hurt. He's been phenomenal, but he's not in a similar situation as what Le'Veon Bell is and hasn't had the same production as Bell. So I'm taking Bell here moving on. Next round for you, Kamara versus Fournette. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Really easy. Alvin Kamara. Again, taking the league by storm. He's unbelievable. He's awesome. Part of me hates him because I was an idiot his rookie year. I got offered some silly trade for him. And I was like, no, I can't I can't give up what I'm getting for Alvin Kamara because he's splitting time with Ingram. I'm a fucking idiot. So that's fun. Alvin Kamara, welcome to the Elite Eight, bud. For you, Austin, you have number 12, Sony Michelle, versus number 5, Todd Gurley. I am taking the guy that absolutely took the league over by storm. He put himself in a situation where he was the guy. He had a year where everyone knew he was the guy, and then he got some help with the right head coach. This is Todd Gurley. That's who I'm moving on with. And that next round between him and the guy you just chose is going to be difficult, and I hope it's not up to me. That is for sure. Other side of the bracket now, Zeke versus Davin Cook. My number one running back, man, Zeke. He's led the league in rushing two out of his first three years in the NFL. And last year, his biggest weakness that everybody said was receiving. And he had a ton of receptions and receiving yards last year. And he's only that much more of a threat now that Cooper's there. Why would I go anywhere else? It's Zeke. He's He's in the Elite Eight, everybody. Moving on, we have number 23 seed, our only upset in the first round, Devontae Freeman, versus number seven, Melvin Gordon. The man who earned his mama's respect, Mr. Gordon. This is an easy decision for me. Man, he's just He seems to be the guy that just works perfectly for that offense. And he almost seems to be like one of those guys that would fit on any team's offense due to the fact that he's so agile and quick but catches the ball out of the backfield so well. he's. We've said it before. I'm going to say it again. He doesn't get talked about enough. He does. He is not getting the credit that he deserves. We've said that enough. You've heard it enough. Therese, your next round, Christian McCaffrey versus Nick Chubb. Where are you going, sir? It's Christian McCaffrey. Besides, man, he's arguably the most versatile running back in the NFL. And some people might say it's not even questionable. Like, he just is. I mean, he had, did he hit 100 receptions last year or was it like in the 80s or 90s? 
Do you remember? I think he was pretty close. I mean, yeah. he had a thousand receiving, a thousand rushing. That's pretty freaking impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And that was with Cam Newton, the dude that can't even offer enough money to get the extra leg room in in the plane. I that mean, has to be so embarrassing. I mean, how mad do you think he was? He he looked pissed. He was sitting in the chair like the guy was the person who was recording him, like as he was sitting down, and he looked upset. Dude, you're Cam, you're Cam Newton. Don't be a cheap ass. Fifteen hundred dollars? Say a number that they can't refuse. Fifteen hundred dollars is. A, I would have been like, yes, sir. Do you want me to stay on the ground next to you? Cause I'm going to. Let me risk my life for fifteen hundred freaking dollars right here. Cause no. all you're gonna do is go move to a seat over there. It's not that big of a deal. You get fifteen hundred dollars. That's probably more than what the the freaking price of the flight was. And if you're flying for work, you just got an extra fifteen hundred dollars. That's fair, but have you ever flown a 10-hour flight before? Was it a 10-hour flight? Yeah. Yikes. No, I haven't. I didn't it know it was sucks. a 10-hour flight, though. Yeah. So if I, I would have offered more than $1,500 if it was a 10-hour flight. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, if he – and here's the thing. If I was that guy, given I want to act like I'd have the balls to say it, but this is what I want to say. Sorry, Mr. Newton. That is a negative on the, your offer, but if you get me tickets and a sideline pass and you pay for my hotel and flight to a game this year, this seat's all yours. I'll go over to your seat. No no problem. That's what I think. You're a bargain deal, aren't you, dude? I mean, you're going to sit there and be like, hey, I don't want the 1500 cash. I just want a free trip to the game, sideline pass. Are you picking the game or are you just picking whichever one he offers you? Whatever one he offers me. I respect that. That's that's smart. I don't think I would have thought of that in a moment. You know, I'm just the dumbass sitting on the floor next to him, probably going to die. So uh, and you're over there enjoying the season tickets. Guess that's just the difference between you and I. Where are we at next year, sir? We are at number 11, James Conner, versus number 6, Joe Mixon. I'm taking Mixon over Mr. Two First Names. That's an easy decision for me. I explained it last time. We are back up to the top. We have, ooh, this is a tough one too. Are we in our final four? Top eight seeds are available. Hey, that's the way it was designed. I mean, that's why it's it's ranked the way it is. Number one seed, Saquon, versus the eight seed, Le'Veon Bell. Who's heading to the final four here first? Yeah, this is where it gets really tough. Bell obviously, obviously has done way more in his career. And his running style is unbelievable. His versatility is awesome. But Saquon Barkley, I can just imagine him in the offense that the Steelers had. If he was there, he would be putting up those numbers, if not better. It's tough. We, we had like a buzzer beater for the number one seed winning it. And that's going to go Saquon Barkley squeezing by. I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. I, I really am. And this for all one, you though, guys, it, really tough. So for all you guys that are basketball fans, and now you all will call it, call them this, I don't know if I'm the only one, but does anybody else call the Syracuse Orange Sarah Squeeze? I don't know why I do. I think it's because they're the orange, and I just think of squeezing an orange and orange juice, but I call them Sarah Squeeze. So you're welcome, everybody, for that little nugget. Moving back onto the bracket, we have number four, Alvin Kamara, versus number five, Todd Gurley. And I think I'm going to take Kamara due to the fact that he hasn't faced that injury or that aspect that's kept him out and affected his style of play. Very similar type players, but I, I think Kamara's going to have a more prominent career than Gurley just due to the fact that he seems to be continued to facing injuries. That's just my opinion. I'm sure I, could, I will take some slack over that. You have Zeke, your number one rated running back, who the guy is ranked two on our bracket. Versus the number seven ranked Melvin Gordon. Is this a tough decision for you is what I think it would be for me? It's not. And it's strictly just because of injuries. If Melvin Gordon could stay healthy, sure, it could be. Because Melvin Gordon is a special running back. But Zeke literally never gets hurt. He, he'll he come out for like one or two plays a game like where you're like, oh shit, is he, is he injured? And then he's just right back out there. And does anybody else think that like Zeke looks... Like he's never running fast anymore. 
And yes. yet, and yet he's still just outrunning everybody. He's always gaining the like he he won't he like won't break off the eighty yard touchdowns now. Like he he gets caught at like fifty five sixty yards. Yeah, it's so weird to me, but he never loses yards. Like he's just always. I feel like it, it's just consistent. Seven yards, seven yards, seven yards. Who is the final guy in our final four? Christian McCaffrey or Joe Mixon? This was definitely, I would say, the easiest part of the bracket for McCaffrey to just kind of slide into. But he's earned that. I mean, he's shown that. He's just not being talked about enough. I am going to take McCaffrey here over Mixon. 2,000 yards all purpose defeats Mixon. Why do you think that's so easy? It This seems easy for me just because McCaffrey has done something that we really haven't seen before. And he did it in an offense where they really have no other weapons. And they don't have a stellar offensive line. And their defense was horrendous. When they still had the ball, he was able to make plays, being the only guy that could make plays. And with Mixon, he's doing great things. But for me, I just I like Caffrey more. I see more there. He's going to be able to do more. That's That's where I'm at. Tell me why you think I may be wrong. Because Joe Mixon averaged more yards per carry, and I think that he has not as good of an offense, not as good of an offensive line, obviously not a better quarterback, so teams were loading the box. A.J. Green missed a ton of time, so you can't use that as an excuse. And Mixon, I think he had around like 50 catches and just not as many targets as Christian. So I think that he's really not that much worse of a receiver and averaging more yards per carry. I mean, it's basically the same. Actually, oh, actually, does actually never mind. I'm sorry. I'm now. I'm looking it up. Four point nine five. Actually, they average literally like the same yards per carry. So basically, what I'm saying is, I still I don't have a problem with having McCaffrey moving on. But to me, that was much closer than what I think a lot of people think it is. Should we do a coin flip for the last top four guy? No, no, I because I'm looking at their stats and I would and I you know and I watched them. I, I I think that McCaffrey is the better guy. Yeah, I just felt like you didn't give Mixon the credit that I wanted to hear from you. Well, I apologize that I did not uh, suffice those needs. I did not please your needs, sir. I do apologize for that. Let's see what you do here to the guy going in the championship round, the number one ranked running back that we have here versus number four, Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley. Who do you have in the championship round? Ah, shit. I don't know. (laughs) I think, kind of like you feel with Michael Thomas, there is that offensive scheme that I think that does help out Kamara a lot, and Saquon literally has nobody. He's doing it all on his own and still making all these plays. Shit, man. I really don't know on this one. This one's super tough for me. I think your last point is is what? the reason why Saquon's ranked number one. Yeah, dude, his yeah. offense yeah. is horrible. It is one horrible. of the, it's projected as one of the worst offensive linemen because their quarterback is not doing well. It's not his arm; it's the offensive line. Yeah, All it's right. not the play calls; it's the offensive line. But Saquon's still doing well. That's got to show something for you. It's true. Man, we got Rookie of the Year all of a sudden fighting for the number one spot. We got Saquon Barkley in the finals. I mean, he kind of deserves it, dude. And he's going to face, between McCaffrey and Zeke, he's going to face Zeke. I mean, Zeke doesn't face that six-game suspension or fight it as long as he did. Dude, he might have three straight years of leading the league in rushing. That's the only reason Kareem Hunt won it, I think, is because Zeke, well, Gurley, you know, sat out that last game. But Zeke was suspended six games. I mean, dude, he come back and still almost won that title. Number one and number two are in the championship. Do we do a coin flip or do you want to talk this out? Uh, let's talk it out first. So okay. this is this is unbelievable because our other ones, we had lower seeds make it to the final four and to the championship. Running back, we just literally kind of followed what our tiers said. Yeah. So a lot of them were close, right? Like we had David Johnson and Bell. We had Connor and Mixon. We had Mixon, McCaffrey, right? We had a lot of good matchups, but we just kind of followed our board there. Your exact reasons of what you just talked about with Zeke is why I have Zeke as the champion. He 
has won it two out of the last three years. His first year, so his rookie year when he won rushing title, yes, you can credit a lot for his offensive line because he had one of the best offensive lines. Last year, he did not. They were all hurt. He was missing everybody. Fredericks missed the entire season. Zach Martin, I want to say, missed like 10 games. Tyron Smith was in and out of the lineup. Like he was, you didn't know if he was playing or not, was never practicing. There are three stars that on the offensive line that made them the best offensive line missed way more games than they started last year. And he still did it Mm -hmm. and didn't have Cooper for the first half of the season to help that burden of not loading the box. And I get that Saquon did amazing things, but he still did have OBJ for most of the season. I know he missed out the final four games, maybe five games, and he has Ingram at tight end as a as a weapon. He has Shepard as a weapon. I know their quarterback isn't much of a weapon like Dak is, so I will give him that. Offensive line-wise, Zeke didn't have what he normally has. So I don't, and kind of like I brought up earlier, Zeke's receiving game last year was unbelievable. He was really good. So to me, I actually don't see a coin flip needed. I think that Zeke's the guy. I feel like I'm going to agree with you here. Only due to the fact, besides me agreeing with all of your points, is that Saquon's only played one year. If he can do it again, I will quickly put him over Zeke. So you mean, so, okay, let's, let's talk this through. If Zeke wins another title, rushing title, but Saquon puts up the numbers that he did, maybe even a little bit better than last year, you would have Saquon ahead of him. Honestly, yeah, just because it's his second year and he's already putting up that high in numbers. Yes, Zeke is leading the league in rushing, but they're also a run-heavy offense. Saquon did that with Odell Beckham there, that being somewhat of a pass-happy offense with Shermer. That's their offensive coordinator, correct? And with the Giants, Eli Manning doesn't have the strength to throw the ball, but you also did a Tree Sivia where Saquon led the league in the mo- with the most receptions in a game this last season. You're not seeing that from Zeke. You're going to see Zeke run, run, pass on third down, run, 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 pass. You know what I mean? Like Dak's just not – he's putting up numbers, but he's also not as throwing as much. Hopefully, you know, stats are backing up what I'm saying. Like this is just kind of what I think I'm seeing when I watch a game, like what I feel looking back and just rolling off the top of my tongue. Saquon is kind of the reason the Giants had any competitiveness last season in all reality. You could kind of tell Odell was done with Eli. He was done with having to fight for the ball to be thrown over 20 yards down the field. And Saquon was catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage, hurdling people, breaking tackles, running from one side of the field to the other after breaking more tackles and then scoring I mean, dude, he started off the season against Jacksonville, and his first rushing touchdown in the NFL was like, what, over 50 yards? Yeah, it was. That's massive. And Zeke, that is just a completely run-heavy offense. And yes, you want to say a lot of his offensive linemen were injured last year. The first two years, they really weren't. They kind of led the league, you know, being the best offensive line, and he's developed into the player he is today. Yeah, for sure. How many receptions do you think Saquon Barkley had? All of last season? Yes. Is it, high, is it lower than 50? No, it's a lot higher than 50. Is it close to 100? Yeah. 130. He did not have 130 receptions, no. Yes, he had, he had 91 receptions. I thought you just said over 100. You said it wasn't close to 100. And I thought you just said, yeah, it was over 100. No, I just said, yeah, it's close to 100. I heard over. My we're bad. Not, we're not hearing each other tonight. It's No, we're not. Stuff. And I'm so, sounding like a jackass with 130 <laughs> receptions. I was like, that's a running back. Receiver. <laughs> uh, ha, so ha, 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 ha. How many do you think Zeke had? If it's over, I'm going to be pissed. It's not over. 82. It's close. 77. Does this kind of prove to my point then? No. Th- I thought that was good for mine because your whole point was that how much how good he was doing in the receiving game and he only had 14 receptions more. That definitely proves more to mine because Eli Manning's not throwing the ball to the best receiver, one of the best receivers in the league. He's throwing it to a rookie running back. And the Cowboys are like, hey, we're just going to hand the ball off to Zeke. We'll do a couple screens here and there. We'll dump it off to him. 
But other than that, we're going to hit a Jason Witten, an Amari Cooper. What are you giving me this look for? Because 77 catches isn't a screen here and a screen there. 77 catches is a shit ton for running backs. So is 90 plus. Oh, I totally agree. But like for me, Saquon would have had to blow Zeke out of the water in that stat to jump over him for the number one running back. I think 20 more kind of does that when but you have 14, Odell Beckham Jr. on your team. Now you, yeah, it's just another weapon that teams have to back up for. They know the they don't have to back up for Eli. I mean, he can't throw the ball down the field. That's yeah, that's a fair point. But for me, I just thought that he would have had at least 30 receptions more than him. And he only had 14. Their average yards were literally like, I, I mean, let's see. Zeke averaged 7.4 a catch. Barkley was 7.9 a catch. Their rushing was almost identical. It was like 4.8 to 5.0. <sighs> They're both fucking good, everybody. Just get over it. They but- are. But Zeke, Zeke is the winner. You can take the win here. You now have two of them. So I'm not going to turn this into that type of competition. Zeke <laughs> is the best running back in the NFL. But I will stand by. If I see another year of Saquon do what he did last year and perform better, then, yeah, I'm I will fight for him to be ranked as one of the best running backs, if not the best in the league, with Zeke being a tie close second. And honestly, I'm with you. That's why this was so close, right? If Zeke, or if Saquon does this again, it just makes it that much harder. So I'm not going to fight you on that. Yep. Zeke with the win, number one running back, Saquon Barkley, number two. Let's just do this just for fun. Who would you have number three Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara? Kamara. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So, and I put, but I put McCaffrey as the number three seed and Kamara is four, but we're yeah. both on the same page there. That changes uh, a lot in this bracket because him versus Zeke, I feel like that might have been a little closer than Saquon Kamara. You're probably right. Honestly, you're probably right. I still would have chose Zeke, but yeah, <laughs> it probably, like for me, it was like Zeke, no doubt. Like I just w- just moved on. That one I would have had to, I would have at least had to think about it for sure. So, all right, everybody, that's our episode for tonight. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We've been talking football.